Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Top of the ninth, Giants are batting with a one-nothing lead on the Blue Jays. Pierre-Luc Dubois traded to the Kings. The Jets get Velarde, Ayafalo, Kupari, second-round pick in 24. Dubois is 25. He signs with the Kings for eight years, $68 million. Tyler Toffoli traded by the Flames to the Devils for Igor Sharangovich, one of my most favorite names to say, and a third-round pick in this year's draft. So that third round is going to be on Thursday. Again, the Oilers' schedule is out. They start Wednesday, October 11th in Vancouver. Regular season schedule. We had the preseason schedule a few days ago. Home opener Saturday, October 14th, 8 o'clock against the Canucks. As always, uh, all Oilers games right here on 630 Chet. The uh, Elks practicing today. Jarrett Dagey taking the first string reps at quarterback. Here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, I think it's important just getting the timing down with those uh, starting receivers. Um, haven't got to, you know, throw to those guys a lot. And there's a bunch of dudes that can go that, that start for us right now. Um, and, and whoever starts at quarterback, um, our goal is just to get the ball in their hands and let them go make plays. Daggy is 25 years of age. He's from Lubbock, Texas. He's 6'2", about 210 pounds. Bounced around the NCAA. He was at Bowling Green, West Virginia, Western Kentucky, and Troy. His brother was a quarterback who was uh, briefly in the CFL with Saskatchewan. He's now uh, a coach. So Daggy probably going to be the guy against the Red Blacks. He was asked if he feels suited for the CFL. Yeah, I think it does suit me a lot because even in college, uh, I felt like an empty set was would suit me very well, and I would perform very well in an empty set. So just giving myself more receivers and just being able to process different things and um, getting these guys the ball in their hand to go make them play. Again, Chris Jones would not confirm that Daigie is starting. He said they're going to have both he and Cornelius ready. With Kai Loxley having been released, Khalil Tate is now back with the green and gold, another quarterback who uh, could very well be the short yardage guy on Friday against the Red Blacks. Eugene Lewis did not practice today. Jones didn't say much when asked about his status, just said TBD. So uh, that doesn't sound too encouraging to me about Eugene Lewis, but we'll see when they're back at practice tomorrow. They fly Thursday, play in Ottawa on Friday. Friday. It's on 6.30. Chad, countdown to kickoff at 4, and the game will start at 5.30, as that'll take you into the Canada, Canada Day weekend. Trey Fix Wolanski, the former Edmonton Oil Kings star, he's uh, signed a new two-year, two-way deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's played a few games in the NHL. He was a star in the American Hockey League this past season, finished seventh in scoring. He's going to join us here before we sign off at 8 o'clock. He's always fun to talk to. Really good golfer, too. 780-496-0063. Certainty hotline the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way kellen what do we have man all right uh again the potpourri of elks and oilers texts come in so let's go with the elks this time and go to andrew says reed it's nice that chris jones is finally giving his team a chance to win by starting his best quarterback it was obvious to to all the fans before the season that Cornelius wasn't good enough. Not saying Daigie will be a star, but he is better than Corny and gives the Elks more a chance to win. That's from Andrew. Yeah, well, I guess I would take a little bit of issue with that. I'm not I'm not sure if it was obvious to everybody that Corny wasn't good enough. I, I think there were some concerns. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Cornelius played as well as he did last year when, and when at times he looked like he was progressing. And I got to let's remember everybody this 
this doesn't necessarily mark the end of Taylor Cornelius playing for the Elks or even starting games. Again, first of all, he, he, Daigie has not been named by the head coach, though he did take first-team reps. We don't know how Daigie's going to play. There's the hope and the assumption that he's going to play better than Cornelius. I'm hopeful, but we don't know until we see it. So, I mean, this does not necessarily mean the end of Taylor Cornelius uh, taking snaps for the Elks. Deepak from Toronto texts in and says the Elks are an unmitigated disaster. We have no CFL QB. Offensive line is like Swiss cheese. And how Chris Jones and offensive coordinator McAdoo keep their job is astonishing. Well, I understand that sentiment because I felt pretty negative about it after the game, and I, I was pretty negative talking about some of the things on the show last night. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely concerning, and, and he makes the point about the quarterback. We don't know. We don't know. And if you don't have a quarterback, then you're not going to move the ball. You're not going to make plays. The O-line has not been good enough. Um, is, is that the talent or is that the coaching? I referenced yesterday Stephen Sorrells is the, is the O-line coach. He was with Saskatchewan last year. Actually, the previous, I think, six years in, uh, what was it, five, five years in Saskatchewan. They didn't have a good O-line last year. Uh, they are going to have Martez Ivy at left tackle, likely on Friday. So that's something to keep in mind. Hopefully some improvement there. But, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, again, what if Daigie doesn't play well? Then, then what are you left with? You know, I... Are they going to go to Trey Ford at some point? I don't know. They, it appears that they don't want to. So I, I get that concern and I get that sentiment. Having said that, you got to give the kid a chance. He's going to go out there and play on Friday. Hopefully, he plays well. But yeah, with if they, and I, and I think that's sort of a league-wide problem. I know that I know there, you know, we talk about the CFL. Is is, is it as exciting as it used to be? All this kind of stuff. I, I would say that it isn't. And and part of that is, I think a large part of that is, I I don't think there are as many good quarterbacks in the league as there used to. Be. It's it's it, you know Kalaros is good, you know Harris has bounced around. He's competent. Vernon Adams has some pretty good moments. I think after those three, you're kind of hoping your guy's going to play as well as he can. I mean, Bo Levi was very good, but now he's injured again in Hamilton. So, but, but I, I I totally I, I totally get that. I mean, are we going to be talking about Ottawa? I mean, Ottawa's not good. The Elks aren't good, but hopefully they're better than Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Sullivan's oven. Text in and says the only thing keeping the Elks alive is the, the fact that two thirds of the teams make the playoffs in the CFL. Having said that, don't see how they compete for a spot. They would have to go probably eight and seven in the remaining 15 games to get in, and they don't look like a squad that can win over half its games. I do believe they can play better, but they aren't good enough to win that often. Well, I talked about the, it last night. Uh, when I wasn't feeling great about the prospects for the team. Okay, so you have two games left against BC, three against Winnipeg. Yesterday, I called those games unwinnable. Now, is any game totally unwinnable? No, but they will be large underdogs in those games. Same thing when they play Toronto again later on in the season. You got two games left against Saskatchewan, two against Calgary. Uh, all right, both those teams may be mediocre. Are the Elks even mediocre? Ottawa's not good. Hamilton doesn't appear to be good. Uh, but yeah, can you? That's a great point. A, you got to start with one win. As I said yesterday, start with one win. Can you win seven or eight out of fifteen? Given what we've seen from the team so far, right now it's hard to believe that. And and the team has to start performing and and get the fans to believe again. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me switch gears over to the Oilers for you here, Reed. And Trevor texts in and says, No Costin, we need Lucic. That's from Trevor. Wow, I wonder who would support that. 
Could Luch come back? I don't know. I don't know if that ship's going to sail here. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Oh, uh, Laserface Larry texts in and says, uh, Reed, the one player I would love to see the Oilers get in free agency is Jonathan Taze. Look what adding veterans like Duncan Keefe and Matty- Matthias Ekholm did for the Oilers the last two years. Taze would, wouldn't be relied on for offense here, but he would steady the ship and help with gamesmanship. That's from Laserface Larry. Going to be interesting to see what happens with Taves. The last I saw about him was that uh, I believe his agent said, don't expect Jonathan Taves to sign on Saturday when free agency starts and that he's not even sure he's going to play next year. Jonathan Taves is still a pretty good player, and maybe you could get him cheap to come in and fill you know, a Duncan Keith-type role with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you, you wouldn't need him to get 60, 70 points. He, he'd be lower down in the lineup, but he, he knows what to do out there. The, well, I do think he will help whatever team he goes to even though he's later in his career all right we better uh call a quick time out because we got tfw trey fix walansky standing by here on inside sports inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta injury lawyers go to jameshbrown.com all right this guy is from edmonton He played for the Oil Kings. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he now has a new two-year, two-way deal with the Blue Jackets. We welcome back to Inside Sports, Trey Fix-Wolanski. Trey, it's Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing very well. It's nice to talk to you again. We've obviously been talking for several years since you were an oil king, and it's been nice to stay in touch with you as you've gone pro and made your NHL debut and got your first NHL goal and all the all those nice milestones along the way. And and a new contract for you uh, for you today. Uh, how how does this feel to get uh, you know two more years with the Blue Jackets organization? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, obviously, being in that organization for the past four years, um, I've gotten to, to know a lot of people there very well and um, feel very comfortable in that organization. And um, I love the city of Columbus as well. And, um, you know, playing in the AHL, playing in Cleveland, Ohio as well, I think that's another amazing city and one of the one of the best uh, AHL cities out there. Um, just having football, basketball, everything around, that's been amazing. Um, stuff to kind of take your mind away from the game sometimes. And, um, you know, I think that, that that's been huge. Um, but I think just being able to, to sign two more years in Columbus, um, you know, and try and crack that NHL roster full time, I think that's uh, my number one goal going into these next uh, two years on this deal. So, you know, obviously when we go through a week like this, there's the draft. And then there's free agency, and as you know, the 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 top players, the the stars, get a lot of the attention. But I mean, there's hundreds of guys like you, right? That uh, that work really hard and maybe maybe don't always get the headlines. So just f- for you to you know lock this up and and not kind of become a free agent and have that uncertainty, how much does that mean? Yeah, it it means a ton. Um, I think that that word uncertainty is huge because now you um, know you're going to be, well, you don't know you're going to be with the same organization, but um, you know, you have two years on your deal and um, you know, that's an opportunity wherever that may be to, to, um, you know, make make an impression and, and start your, your NHL career full time. 
So, you know, as you did for all the fans who supported you here with the Oil Kings, you, you put up points. I believe you were seventh in the American Hockey League in scoring this season, and, and you didn't quite play the full year because you were with the Blue Jackets for a while too. So, um, I mean, I, I'll just kind of throw this out at you, and you can comment whoever you like. Like, you just keep figuring it out, don't you? Like, you just keep finding ways to produce points. Yeah, I think um kind of dealt with a little bit of injuries in my first couple years in um, the AHL and I think that kind of set me back a little bit and obviously had a torn ACL which um, was a little bit tough to come back from but um, felt like last year I was able to get a really good summer in of um, on ice and off ice work and um, I think I attribute that completely to the season that I had and then um, obviously the the other players we had in Cleveland this year, um, a lot of great young prospects. I think uh, being able to be a leader for them and, um, you know, kind of help them uh, enter into the league and um, have a better year myself, I think that was something I tried to focus on, um, being able to get up and um, play nine games with Columbus and then um, score in my last game, I think, um, that kind of rounded out the year, and uh, I was pretty proud of the numbers that I ended up putting up in the AHL. Yeah, well over a point a game for you in the AHL. And when you go up to Columbus, how do they use you? Do you feel like your role is the same as it is w- with Cleveland, or do they ask you to do uh, some different things? Um, usually it's – well, I mean, my first couple games last year or two years ago when I got called up, um, didn't really play much. I was playing fourth line, but ended up scoring uh, my first goal in my first game, which was – pretty exciting and then um last year ended up playing a little bit more power play time and um more in the top six and um you know i think just the season that i had in the ahl and being able to prove that i can produce and and put up points and um you know play well consistent consistently day in and day out i think uh that was helpful for me to get the call up and play the minutes that i did towards the end of the season yeah, Trey Fix-Walansky joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Gets a new two-year contract with the Blue Jackets organization. Of course, uh, Trey, a, an alum of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, all right, a couple other ones for you here. Mark Letestu is on the coaching staff of uh, of Cleveland. Uh, you know, a guy, a guy I've known for a long time and, and was an oiler for uh, almost three years. Uh, I'm just wondering you know, your relationship with Mark, because like you, you, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, a, a straight line path to the National Hockey League. There was junior A hockey, NCAA in the minors, and then eventually he became a pretty reliable pro. What's, uh, does, does he talk about that? Do you, do you share any stories? What's the relationship like with him? Yeah, me and Mark have a have a really good relationship. Um, obviously, he's an assistant coach on our team and power play coach as well, so it's been a lot of time just picking his brain and um you know talking to him uh just about the game and uh other things in general but i think um you know seeing the path that he took starting junior a and then um working his way up from there i think uh there's a lot of things that i can look at from him the the hard work that he put in um you know the extra work to to get to where he was i think uh that's super important for for someone like me to look at and and realize that's what you have to do to take that next step and play in the next level for however long you can. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, you mentioned living in Cleveland, which uh, has uh, Major League Baseball, has NBA, has the NFL. 
you're obviously very busy during the hockey season, but you, you mentioned the other teams. What what games have you gone to, or is there something you enjoy going to the most? Tell me about that scene. Yeah, um, honestly, any of the sports games. Um, we like to get a bunch of guys together, and uh, we'll go watch a baseball game, or we, we get free tickets to the Cavaliers games as well. So, um, you know, there'll be like a group of six or eight of us that'll go watch one of those games if we have a night off. And, um yeah, like I said, it's nice to get your mind away from the rink sometimes and just relax. Um, you know, obviously you're still back at the same rink because we play in the same <laughs> rink as them, but it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. So um, that's what's nice about it. And um, they had a really good team last year, so ended up making the playoffs and went to a sold-out playoff game. And, um, yeah, just the atmosphere in Cleveland, it's, it truly is a, a sports city. What's uh, what's the support like for an American Hockey League team? I mean, you're not old enough to remember that. I'm barely old enough to remember this, but they did briefly have an NHL team in Cleveland, but I guess kind of more associated with the AHL. What uh, What's the vibe for your games there? Yeah, the, the crowd's actually unbelievable. Um, I believe we average the best fans in the AHL, actually. So, um, And I think the number that we average is around ten or 12,000, um, which is really good for the AHL. Obviously, we play in a pretty large arena but for um you know all those fans to come out and um i would say it's one of the uh loudest arenas in the ahl as well um you know they go crazy for hits they go crazy for fights they go crazy for gold so um it's nice to be able to play there and play in front of those fans okay that sounds like fun couple other ones uh i know when we talked i can't remember if it was last summer or a couple summers ago because i think you know you're you're usually on every summer you, you told me you're a pretty good golfer. Um, are you out playing a lot in Edmonton and area? And how is the game so far? Uh, yeah, I've been out probably close to 30. I think it's 35 rounds that oh. I have in my uh, Golf Canada app. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much going every day. And if not every day, every second day. So, um, it's nice. We have uh, we have a lot of hockey players out at Blackhawk. Um, so, you know, during the summer after workout, there's always guys that'll be able to go golfing or after we skate, there's always guys that are able to go golfing. You don't have to wait for them to get off work. So it's uh, it's been great to be out there. And, um, yeah, it's nice to just have all those hockey guys and be able to play matches and, um, you know, bet on each other, bet against each other. So it's... Uh, it's always fun, but you're you're more of an afternoon tea time. You're not up teeing off uh, teeing off at seven a.m. or anything. Uh, no, no mornings mornings <laughs> strictly for working out. <laughs> okay, good, good. So uh, if if you if you don't mind disclosing, who else is good? Who can give you a run for your money out there? Because I think you told um, me you're like a two or three handicap. Uh, I've worked on my game quite a bit, and I'm actually a plus handicap now. So oh, good for um, you. Yeah, yeah, I've been working working hard and um kind of found a little little bit of a game right now so i'm going as much as possible but um spencer foo is really good um parker foo brett pollock um brett pollock you would actually know from from the oil kings yeah um i'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus though in case they they hear this so we'll, okay, we'll leave but, it at but, that. but well you you listed the top guys we won't list the guys who who might be more in my category uh okay and, and uh, hey, I mean, it's it's year-round being a pro athlete, so you mentioned working out in the mornings. How much, if at all, are, are you skating right now? What's the routine there? 
Uh, yeah, so I've been skating for the past three weeks, maybe a month now, and um, usually going to maybe three times a week, but mostly uh, right now just working on skills and um, uh, a little bit more skating, just edge, edge control, edge work, um, that stuff. And then towards the end of July, August, start ramping it up, um, get out there with with some more guys and um you know have more of a more of a practice feel to it kind of get the the cardio going a little bit more okay good stuff well trey i wish you uh, continued success congratulations again on the new deal and uh, you know i appreciate that uh, that we're still in touch uh, after your oil kings uh, days ended a few years ago so uh on all the best on the golf course as well this summer i know that that's also important <laughs> yeah no i appreciate you reaching out and um i appreciate us always chatting thank you very much reed